Hey, Fedheads, welcome to another episode of Sharing Our Pairings. This is Sharing Our Pairings, episode 119, Bishop's Blend by Black Label Trading Company. I'm your host, John, the Cigar Surgeon. We are broadcast live around the world and picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Of course, you can tune in live on Facebook or just tune in to CigarFederation.com, which is where we're housed out of. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Trippy Trant. Trippy! going on on this lovely wednesday buddy uh not not much it's not too lovely here uh as we were talking about in the green room uh we've got a forest fire burning about 20 miles from my house um the evacuations uh the level one evacuations which means uh pack your shit and be ready to go uh is seven miles from my house um so we've got quite a bit of uh smoke in the air here and it's uh it's currently not really safe to be outside. So yesterday I was out in the garage smoking here, uh, and my wife was was asking me to please come inside. She was very worried uh, because it's uh, it's dangerous out there. What are the odds that the uh, trip householder are going to have to evacuate? I I don't think we're going to have to evacuate because we're in a pretty residential area. I mean, really, we're on the edge of a very residential area. Um, and I think that if the fires really got within about five miles is when they'd start getting into neighborhoods and they would they would kind of go crazy trying to put the fires out. Fair enough. But well, at this point, they have been working on it for a few days, uh, and it's officially 0% contained, uh, which is always good to hear. Thanks, kids. Appreciate it. Thanks for setting fire. That's awesome. Uh, and, you know, I have very little to complain about in comparison. We were talking offline that, uh, of course, now there's fires in Washington, there's fires in Oregon, there's fires in Manitoba, there's fires in British Columbia. So uh, essentially every day I wake up to a haze of smoke, my car covered yep. in ash, and we're nowhere near any of the fires. Like all these fires are anywhere between 600 and 1,000 miles away. But the smoke is just, it's just, it's crazy. It's been a very fire rich season yeah it's been it's been crazy here up until this point it was it was not terrible there was a point where it was like the air quality index was i think like 290 or something which is crazy high uh that's like if you're at the smog level in shanghai Mm -hmm. and uh that was when they were burning thousands of miles away today i think they were the air index was 271, which, which is pretty terrible. 50 is considered unhealthy. I, I enjoyed last week waking up, and of course we got to keep our windows open at night because I don't have air conditioning like a pleb. And I walked into my spare room, which is my computer room, and it, it honestly sounded, it smelled like I had lit a campfire in the room, like as if a fresh campfire had just been stamped out. Oh, so when, when I was out on Sunday night, I think it was Sunday night. It might have been Monday. Holiday weekends mess my uh, my gauge on what day it is up. Uh, but it it smelled and felt like you were sitting at a campfire at that moment when the campfire like blows in your face and all the smoke yeah. comes at you. Um, just walking outside was like that. It was terrible. I just need the cigar smoke nowadays to make my clothes smell normal. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but of course. Natural disasters aside, and there have been quite a few natural disasters lately, uh, we're smoking cigars and drinking beers and various alcoholic substances. And, uh, you know, it seems timely that we're smoking a uh, Bishop's Blend because we have a good guest on tomorrow night. Yeah, it, it seemed like the right time to smoke something from uh, Fabrica Ovea Negra. Black label, son. Yeah, I, and then I got the hat fresh off the presses. Uh, we're smoking the Bishop's Blend. 
this you you're you're smoking the 2017 right the new Honda. yes uh and and i know that i really appreciate that they did this i know that it's probably more of a branding thing than a uh keeping keeping a, a little bit of difference between the years but the original release had kind of like a neon red gloss color and this one's got like candy apple red uh-huh. um so when I open my humidor, I know which one is which, which I like. If I remember right, the 2016 landed number two on my top 25 cigars of 2016. And I'm fully expect, I'm, I'm so glad to have got my dirty, filthy weasel hands on a box of these. Because I think this is going to easily land in the top five for me. Of course, that being said, I haven't smoked that, that new hotness, that new, new hotness. I heard from a guy that Boondock <laughs> Saints is legit. Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting because I went into that cigar knowing that it was a black label cigar or actually black works cigar and, so that I would probably like it. But as soon as I lit it, it was like next level good. And I like I would put that up. We were talking last week about uh, 100s and Padrones. I would put this up against a Padron any day. Maybe I should light it up for tomorrow night when we got uh, James Brown of Black Label Trandy Company uh, on. I don't know if you'd be able to even focus on the show. It's so good. I'm okay with that. You can just run the show and I'll just, you know, make groaning sounds in the background and make everyone uncomfortable all at once. It'll be it'll be highly entertaining. Um, tell us a little bit about the blend, Trippy. We're, we're smoking two different sizes. I'm smoking the Corona Largo and you're smoking the Robusto? The Robusto, which is a... I, I didn't I noted everything but the sizes. I believe this is like a five and a half by fifty. It's a little mm. bigger, uh, or at least it appears a little slimmer than a regular Robusto. It might be like a forty nine ring gauge. Um but of course this was first launched at IPCPR twenty sixteen, um and the first release sold out. And as Black Label like immediately, kind of, like in five yeah. seconds. It was very highly anticipated. And I, I really like that Black Label every limited edition they've done so far. Uh, with the exception of the Deliverance, which actually did end up coming back recently for uh, Ford on Fifth Cigars. Um, every single, or I'm sorry, not the Deliverance, the Nocturne, I think. Nocturne. No, maybe it was the Deliverance. I don't remember. Um, no, I think it was the Nocturne. You're right. Uh, but every single limited edi- edition they've done has been like an annual release. Uh-huh. Uh, from the Morphines to the Bishop's Blend. And I really like that because you Limited editions, the problem is if you buy it and you really love it, you may never be able to buy it again. And with Black Label, if you buy it and you love it, you're like, all right, well, next year I'm getting a box instead of a five-pack. Well, the, wor- the worst thing for me, especially for the limited Black Works, and at this point everything seems to sell out regardless of production levels, but mm-hmm. by the time I get around to smoking it and I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. I can get my hands on it. It's like, yeah, dog, that's been sold out for three months. Like. There's, there's none. Nobody's, nobody's got any weaseled in the back uh, corner distribution office. There, there's, yeah. there's none. And, and so then yes, you only have to wait eight or nine months for the next release, which is great. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's nice that they have like the resources where they can come out with something limited edition that's using a rare tobacco, um, but they can still secure the same tobaccos in a different vintage for the following year, so that you can get um, maybe not exactly the same experience, but a very similar cigar. It works for me. So what do we got? I mean, obviously, we're using Nicaraguan tobaccos. Yeah, so uh, the wrapper and binder on this are both Ecuadorian. Uh, the wrapper is Ecuadorian Maduro. The binder is Ecuadorian Habano. And the fillers are a combination of Nicaraguan and Pennsylvania and Connecticut Broadleaf. 
so there's, I mean, there's so much of that, like, sweet, spicy richness that you get from Broadleaf. Um, and I, I like the combination of the Pennsylvania and Connecticut, because Connecticut tends to be kind of sweet and oily, and Pennsylvania tends to be sweet, but very spicy. Uh-huh. Uh, and and you definitely kind of get the best of both worlds with this blend. And I know we've talked to James in the past, at least we've talked about the IPCPR, that it's it's kind of interesting to see Pennsylvania, or really at this point, like broadly for Pennsylvania, used as a filler tobacco because so often people just either, use, I don't even think people use it as a binder, they just use it as a wrapper, period. Nobody really, like I think there's like two cigars on the market that might use it as filler tobacco. So it's it's... To mm-hmm. me, it's an interesting change-up. You know, it's always nice to see somebody willing to push the envelope of what is sort of considered the standard for how people use that tobacco with cigar blending. Yeah, kind of go unconventional with it. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, that's kind of what Black Label's all about, is making unconventional blends that are really, really good. Yeah, I mean, the you know, yeah, it's boutique, and obviously we're we're crazy for the boutiques, but it's... There's 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 a lot of factories out there where I like a lot of their cigars, and then they'll have a release where I'm like, eh, you know, it's a really good cigar, but it just doesn't hit my palate right. I don't really find that with Blackworks Black Label. Uh, I pick up a cigar, and I, I mean, I I I I think it's almost working against them now because I kind of pick up a Black Label stick and I expect it to be very good. And yeah, so I yeah, think, you've got yeah, a level of expectation for it. Very high. So I think at this point, it might even be working against them because they've had such a high level of performance for releases that at this point, if they release something that's just good, I mean, I'm just going to trash it because I'm going to be like, well, this, you know, this is not up to the standard that we've come to expect. You know, they've got, they've yeah. really driven this high level of excellence and, you know, it's not even just the, um, the blend, it's the, the design. I mean, one of the things we didn't really show on the cigars, it's got that like one Oh, or the, um, yeah, the one Oh nine Cuban type cap on it's it it's like a it's not quite a 109 it's like a, a nipple cap kind of yeah. it's it's a very different shape yeah it's a cuban style cap yeah um and so talking about the blends so for me i actually rewatched the ipcpr interview we did with james yesterday when i was posting my boondock saints review nice. um and he said that when they came out of the gate against all reason they came out with a bunch of blends and a couple of those blends are the only ones from black label that I've had that I don't like. Interesting. Um, and, and I think it's because they wanted to appeal to a wider range when they first released, they wanted to have a cigar for every wheelhouse. And some of those cigars just aren't in my wheelhouse. But it makes sense from, um, you know, for those who aren't aware, black, black labels really split into two kind of groups. Now they've got the black label mm-hmm. trading company, which is your main mainstream release. Um, Bishop's blend falls under that. But you got your last rights. You got you know all these all these regular lines. You can see them by the, the I call them the white label releases. Um, and then they got Blackwork Studio, which you know James really said is just to kind of play with tobacco and come out with funky funky releases. Not only just in the blend, but in the design and the style of wrappers. Just just pushing the envelope of what they do to try and have fun with it. Yeah, I like that everything. I mean, we're going to talk about all this t- tomorrow night, tomorrow, so yeah, it seems sure. kind of silly to keep going over it, but. I have a lot to talk about for it. Um, it's cool that every single cigar that comes out under the Blackwork Studios name has some kind of artistic touch to it. Yeah. Some of them have like the double wrapper barber pole thing. Uh, like the Green Hornet doesn't really have a barber pole, but it's got like that foot that's wrapped in candela and a little bit in the head. Um, and then the Boondock Saint that I smoked yesterday has this really interesting blunt foot where they, they said they kind of flipped the cigar instead of rotating it. Um, so 
the what would normally be the head of the cigar in the mold is kind of forming the foot a little bit. Um, and they just kind of do stuff like that because they can, which is cool. And there is there is some um, sort of boutique or uh, some artisanal touches. We talked about the cap on the Bishop's Blend. I didn't mention the fact that it's got that closed foot. So they've mm-hmm. got a bit of wrapper tobacco over the foot. I actually have really come to appreciate a closed foot. I mean, it's a bit of a downer that you can't um, nose the filler tobacco before you light it. But I do find that the, I mean, obviously it's got a foot band, and in addition to the foot band, it's got the wrap, the wrapper that's covering the foot, and I think that serves as a level of protection against damaging that cigar from fat fingers trying to do a little Tetris in the uh, humidor. Yeah, definitely. So of course here on sharing our pairings, we don't just talk cigars, we do pairings. But before we get into our pairings, I'm gonna um, play a little ad spot from one of our show sponsors here, and uh, and we'll get right into it. So stay tuned. Brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage featuring Rosado, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvanian, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaragua and available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preference is, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. We've been talking about the cigar, but we haven't really t- been talking about the uh, Black Label Bishop's Blend flavor profile. And it does start out quite spicy, but like you were saying, it's it's very rich. It's got a, I mean, I don't know how to describe it other than to say it's it's rich. It's got layers of nuanced complexity to it, even though it's like, it's strong. It, it's hard to describe because I feel like there's so many layers of flavor, unless you're like in in Zen mode where you're really, really focusing on pulling out each flavor. Um, and like focusing on how it feels and tastes on your palate, um, it just tastes good. There's there's some richness there. There's some like a serious amount of cocoa, like kind of a sweet, rich. Uh, I don't know the way to, the way that I would describe it is like a dark chocolate that's kind of sweet. Um, not like the 85% cacao, but like if you get a Hershey's dark chocolate bar, um, it's got like that really chocolatey but really sweet flavor. Um, and then there's a ton of earth and of course that kind of backbone of pepper and crazy spicy retro hail. And I'm, I'm about an inch in and it's doing a bit of a transition where some of that spiciness is giving up a little bit. And I've, I've got what I would almost describe as malted barley going on. Like it's that, like that's mm-hmm. the only way I could describe it. It's like a, a the rich toasted barley and I just want to chew it. I don't even want to smoke it. I just want to chew it. That's what, that's what my mouth is telling me. Um, yeah, that, I, I get that too. Before we get into the uh, first pairing of the night, uh, do we have any comments, questions, feedback from our audience? Uh, the only comment we have so far, Don Bleeker says he has one of the, had one of these in Lancero on his birthday, and it was great. No, you didn't, Don. Yeah, I don't think so. No. I don't think you had the Lancero no. since there isn't you, one, you might have had a You might have had a Corona of the Bishop's Blend, or it's possible, because I think they only do a Lancero in the, what, the Deliverance, the... Uh, the morphine. The morphine and the last rites. Yeah, that right. I think so. So it could have been one of those. Which, hey man, if you got a Lancero from Black Label Trading Company, that's that's a, that's a that's a happy time right there for your birthday. I gotta tell you, that's a great way to celebrate. Yeah, I've never had a bad Lancero. For- so let's switch things up. Normally I go first, but I have had a, a week and it's only halfway through. It's really only two days in. It's not even yeah. really Wednesday, it's Tuesday, but I've I've had a bit of a week. So, uh, Trippy, why don't you start us off and talk about your first sure. pairing? Uh, 
so my first pairing comes from Clown Shoes Beer. Uh, I wasn't familiar with the story of Clown Shoes, which is really interesting. It started off with this liquor store in Lexington, Massachusetts, and they entered like a beer advocate contest for naming a beer. And they came in fifth place and they decided, well, if they're not going to pick our name, we'll just make our own beer. And they already had a, a, a distribution license in Massachusetts. So they figured, why don't we just make a beer and distribute it? They were just planning on making one beer. They ended up contracting the brewing with Mercury Brewing Company in 2009, uh, which is in Ipswich, Massachusetts. And it just kind of took off. And uh, they now are also brewing some of their stuff at Stony Creek, which is in Branford, Connecticut, and, and Schmaltz Brewing in upstate New York. Um, but all of their kind of core lines, annual releases and uh, and uh, year year round releases are all brewed uh, by Mercury in Ipswich. And another interesting thing, they actually kind of poached the head brewer of Mercury and he's now their head brewer, which basically he comes up with the recipes and stuff and oversees the production. Um, but he's not actually in the brewery every day because they're contracting the brewing out. Nice. Um, and so the one that I'm drinking is the barista and this is also an interesting beer. I, I just picked it up cause it sounded like a, a good combination of flavors, but I was reading about him and in 2011, I think it was, might've been like 2010, they had a beer called uh, brown angel that had a picture of this very same angel character that you can barely see because my stage lights are too bright. Um, but she was kind of a uh, an exotic dancer, and like it was a view from the back that kind of highlighted her her uh, her better assets. assets. Uh, and they got a lot of backlash about that. There were so many people, like there were a bunch of people who were saying they'll never drink beer from them again. Um, so the story with this beer that came out in January of last year, uh, this is the 2017 release, not the 2016 release. It's called the Barista because she retired from dancing. And she's now brewing coffee in a high-end coffee house. So this is a breakfast brown ale. So it's a brown ale brewed with espresso, oatmeal, and milk sugars. Um, and and they kind of detail the malts a little bit, but barely. It's American malts, English malts, and flaked oats. Um, and the espresso is actually cold brewed. And it just sounds like you don't see many coffee-age brown ales. And you can't oh. see quite how red it is on the camera there. Because it's it's got a little more color than like a, a porter, and it it clocks in at eight and a half percent ABV, uh, and they don't disclose how many IBUs it is, but I I suspect it's pretty low in like the range of fifteen to twenty five maybe. Interesting. All right, that sounds. What are you good. drinking? Um, so I haven't had this on the show in a really long time, and I'm I'm kind of um kind of shocked actually. I went back and looked at over our show show notes and. Uh, we haven't featured this in like, uh, or at least I haven't featured this in like 60 episodes. Maybe because it's just too easy. Florida Kenya. Ooh. Ooh, girl. It's that Florida Kenya Centenario 18. I mean, you gots to, especially with the Nicaraguan cigar. I mean, what better represents Nicaragua for drinks other than, you know, Florida Kenya. Um, and, you know, 18 is my gem. I was actually um, briefly considering the 12, and I think the 12 would actually go really well with the Bishop's Blend as well. Mm-hmm. For me, the 12 has a little bit more roughness to it, but in a good way. And I think, you know, the Bishop's Blend is a little rough uh, with that with that spiciness. I mean, it does have lots of elegant nuance to the flavors, but 
Um, I had to go with the 18. I just, I, I had to. And of course, since I haven't talked about Florida Canyon ages, I'll just remind people, first of all, obviously they're in Nicaragua, Nicaraguan produced rum. They actually have a tradition of rum making that dates back to 1890. Uh, when the farmers there at the uh, base of San Cristobal volcano were basically aging spirits and making rum. Cause Hey, you've, you're growing sugar cane. You got to make rum. That's just how it works. Uh, this particular uh, rum was uh, only launched in 2005, which makes sense. It's an 18-year-old rum. Um, now, I won't get into the details of age statements, but 18-year-old uh, rum doesn't necessarily mean it's all 18-year-old rum. That's not how age statements work in rum. But it did win the 2015 Medalla de Oro in the San Francisco World Spirits uh, Competition, which is kind of awesome. And uh, Florida Canyon first introduced their sort of what you would say um, marketed products in 1937 and then started exporting uh, 1959. So they've been on the market for a while. Uh, 1980, they kind of uh, maybe looked towards the future and started vast aging and storing of, of rum, uh, perhaps anticipating some of the demand for aged product. And um, they used the original barrel houses from the, the startup in Chichigalpa. Uh, um, the warehouses are built without good air conditioning. So it's really kind of getting all the elements of Nicaragua as a part of that aging process. Uh, there's no ventilation. There's no air conditioning. It's just just air. Um, so it's just the natural conditions, the rain, the wind, whatever's going on in Chichigalpa. Um, they say that it slow ages the rum and it gives it that that specific taste they're looking for. Uh, all Florida Canyon rum is uh, distilled five times during production, including the 18. Uh, and of course, they use ex-bourbon charred white oak barrels and interestingly enough i didn't know this about florida county this is always fun when you go back to look at a product it is kosher kosher certified really i had no I, idea i never knew that either i mean i don't even know what the qualifications are for kosher but they say it's kosher and who am i to tell them they're not kosher so i'm going to take some sips here i mean i've been sipping for like half an hour i'll be honest but i'm going to take some more sips and let you talk about how your tasting experience going so far with the conscious uh so th this beer is really interesting because it when you smell it, you get kind of the coffee notes and you get the oatmeal. Uh, it tastes, I mean, it smells kind of like you're sitting down for breakfast with oatmeal and, and a cup of coffee. But what you're, what I'm used to is like a coffee stout and you're not getting all of that roastiness and those chocolatey kind of smells that are really common with, uh, stouts. And that kind of carries over onto the flavor that you're, you get a there's actually a little more bitterness than I was expecting. I I would bump my estimate up to like 35, maybe 40 IBUs because it's got a little bit of like hoppy bite. Uh, but it's really kind of you're you're tasting more of the oatmeal and coffee than you are of the uh, of the kind of malts like you do in a stout. Makes sense I, for a brown it, ale. And it the coffee goes really well with the cigar. I I wasn't sure whether this cigar would pair well with coffee or not. I, I could see that. I mean, with a cold brew, you're really removing a lot of the acidity out of the coffee, mm -hmm. so you're really going for a smoother. And I'm sure those those um, milk sugars are giving a lot of sweetness there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you have to balance that out to make sure it's not too sweet, cloyingly sweet. But yeah, I could see that going really well. Yeah, it's definitely not. It's not very sweet at all. Um, I actually, now that you mention it, I I wasn't even thinking about the milk sugars because there's there's not enough sweetness there for my my brain to immediately go to added sugars probably a good thing for a brown ale um yeah so this florida canyon centenario 18 I, I you know it's been a while since i've had the 18 but i'm getting a lot more spice out of the rum 
uh, than I than I sort of anticipated in my brain. I was expecting um, a much more uh, rich, sweet experience. And I think the combination of the cigar, it's interesting because I'm getting the spice off the cigar and it's pulling spice out of the rum. And it's like, I was really worried the rum was going to be too sweet for the cigar, but it's working really well together. The rum is accenting the cigar and the cigar is in turn accenting the rum, which it's, it's probably not the most complex pairing I've ever done, but it's, it's interesting because it's one of those few moments where cigar pulls stuff out of the rum, rum pulls stuff out of the cigar, which to me is a great sign of a good pairing. It's just that I was expecting maybe a little bit more out of the rum and a little bit more out of the cigar. I think the problem here is that the rum, believe it or not, isn't intense enough for this cigar. I think the cigar is just so full body oh, wow. that uh, maybe a better choice would have been a Zacapa or a Zaya. Um, yeah, not to say, like I said, not to say it's a bad pairing. It's just not maybe what I was expecting out of this pairing. Or, or maybe one of the younger uh, Florida Cognos. Mm. Florida Cognos tends to get a little less full-bodied yes. the older it gets. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe the 12 would have been the right call here because the 12 does have a, a little bit more of that bite. Uh, that youngness brings a little bit more character for it. And um, I've got enough Bishop's Blend that I can certainly revisit with the Florida Cognos 12 and uh, see if that's maybe a better way to go. Man, I love the retro hail on this cigar. Uh, it's so like, it's so complex. It's got so much sweetness. Uh and it's just, it's very different. Um, I almost said unique. It's very <laughs> different. Uh, I think it, I'm, I'm just not used to having a retro hill that's got that much sweet and spice. I, I mean, I think what I like about any manufacturer of cigars is when you can come out with a product that has characteristics of their factory, but isn't like, like I can't say, yeah, this is like the Nocturne. This is like the Deliverance because it's yeah. not. It's not like any of the other products they make. It is uh, a, a unique flavor profile within their thing that, yeah, you can tell it's from Black Label, but you can't really draw a comparison between some of the other cigars they make, which that's, I dig that. Yeah, it's it's definitely very different from anything else they make. It's got some similar tobaccos and similar flavors, and you can you can tell that it fits in with their, uh, with the rest of their lines. Um, like you, when you smoke it, you know you're smoking a Black Label. But at the same time, it's got it's really got its own character from the rest of their line. So I could certainly drink Florida Kenya all night and be a happy camper. But I'm going to go right into my second pairing, which I was telling you offline. I just I can't believe. And and uh, if our audience is out there, please look at our shows. I don't think I've ever featured this in the show, and I, I feel like that's a crying shame because this is one of the great breweries in Canada, Unibrow from Quebec, and. Um, it, the, the name is kind of interesting. It's it's the uh, Seigneurial, which, you know, kind of immediately brings to mind the Seigneurial cigar, but it's a Seigneurial beer, which is a brown ale. It's a Belgian-style brown ale. And uh, Unibrow is one of the great, great Quebec breweries. There's a lot of really great Quebec breweries. Uh, they're located in Chamblay, Quebec. And uh, the brewery itself was purchased out by Sleeman in 2004. And then Sleeman was purchased out by Sapporo in 2006. Uh, this is one of the first of three microbrewing companies in the greater Montreal area. So it's uh, it's got a lot of history there. This is a uh, top fermented Belgian style brown ale. It's the specs on this. They've got a lot of specs and I dig it. It's 7.5% ABV, which, you know, that's Quebec style, a little bit more oomph to it. 15 SRMs, 33 IBUs. And they have a recommended serving temperature between 8 and 12 degrees science or Celsius. And 46 to 54 degrees freedom. Uh, Beer Advocate only gave it an 87, which I'm surprised. 
as I'm drinking this and I'm thinking, this is an 89.90. This is really good. <laughs> it's chewy. Uh, it's delicious. So I'm drinking a rum that I got from John uh, when we were in Vegas. And it I, I didn't know what it was. I, I just picked it and John told me a little bit about it. Um, and then I didn't really start doing research on it until right before the show. Um, uh, and I don't, of course don't have a bottle for it, but this is legendario, the, uh, elixir de Cuba, which obviously means elixir of Cuba. Um, it's a rum that's also got raisin extract and a little bit of water and they call it a rum punch. It's not, it's not really classified as a rum. Um, and I've already taken a couple sips and it's, it's just very different. I'll talk about it more after after John talks about his tasting notes. Um, but it's n- it's not what I was expecting from John. <laughs> so before we get into our tasting notes, uh, here's a word from one of our sponsors. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars through the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars? Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today. You are tuned in to Sharing Our Pennies, episode 119, Bishop's Blend by Black Label Trading Company. I'm your host, John the Cigar Surgeon, joined as always by my co-host, Trippy Trent. We are smoking the Bishop's Blend and doing some pairings. I am pairing the Unibrow Seigneurial which is, I'm sorry, my French is not very good. I need to work on it. Uh, it's good. It's, it's, I'll hold it up here. It is very Belgian style. It's got a nice, great, thick, creamy head. It's got that cloudy Belgian style look to it. It's uh it's a brown, but it's a, like a light brown. So it's almost like a golden brown. And I was a little worried that the uh, IBUs, I mean, it's not super high, 33, but it's kind of, you know, another five IBUs. It's kind of getting a little into that IPA territory, but when you when you do, I find with a lot of Belgian style beers, you get this really nice fruity undercurrent to it, and it's very chewy. Like that 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 fermented yeast comes out to me is like um, like it's very chewy. It's got a great mouthfeel. Uh, this is going really well with the cigar. I think it's both in the tense in the sense of the um, the flavors, but also the mouthfeel because it's got such a nice creamy mouthfeel. That's a great matchup for the cigar because the cigar does also have a great mouthfeel, and I find that. This is doing a great job of accenting the cigar, and it's got enough body to it that the cigar is not running the beer over. So this, to me, so far, really, really digging this. I'm going to take a couple more sips and get my brain into the um, tasting notes. Uh, So, like I was saying before, the Legendario is not really what I would expect uh, somebody to drink with a cigar. It's not something that you're going to uh, pour a couple fingers of and and, uh, drink with a high-end cigar expecting a rum experience. It reminds me a lot of a Manhattan, but maybe a, a touch sweeter and without like the bitters. Um, but actually, I think a dash of bitters could actually do a lot for this. It's it's hard to describe because it's it's just it's like sweetened rum that's got a little bit more character uh, because of the raisin flavors. But that being said, it goes really well with a cigar. I'm really surprised by how well it actually goes with a cigar. The sweetness. Um, really brings out some of like the coffee notes in the cigar, some of like that kind of earthy bitterness, uh, but not in a bad way, not in like an overpowering bitterness kind of way. Um, I mean, in a, in a coffee bitterness kind of way, which is the good kind of bitter. 
yeah, I, I can think... see this going well with a lot of cigars. And and as we were yeah. saying, as I was saying during the break, I feel like the raisin notes would go really well with something like an Opus X. I mean, it seems crazy to uh, pair an Opus X with something that. How how much did you say a bottle of this cost in Cuba, John? <laughs> it's six dollars. Well, it's not six dollars. It's six fifty Kook convertible CUC, which is roughly six dollars and fifty cents US. Yeah, for a bottle. That, I mean that's that's crazy cheap, and it's. It's definitely like like it's kind of in between a liqueur and a liquor. It's yeah. not quite sweet enough or fruity enough to be a liqueur. Um but I'm I'm just enjoying it a lot more than I was expecting to. Yeah, I mean it it is um as you say it's not what you expect when you try it for the first time. I think it 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 really comes off immediately that raisin I think supercharges the sweetness there and it almost mm-hmm. comes across cloyingly sweet, but once your palate adjusts to it, that sweetness kind of it doesn't linger super, super long. I'd say it's got like maybe a medium finish. Um, but I mean, it's it's just ridiculously cheap. And obviously I've paired it with a gargantuan amount of Cuban cigars, but I've also got into pairing with non-Cuban cigars. And I think it's great, the fact that it's super cheap. It does do a great job of accenting cigars. And I think because it does come across, like you said, like a liqueur, it's got an intensity of flavor that does stand up to a range of cigars. I've paired it with Connecticut Shade, and I've paired it all the way up to this, the darkest, dankest Connecticut Broadleaf, and it seems to stand up, and it doesn't run the cigar over. Uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of one of those great rums that just seems like it's designed to pair with cigars, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I feel like the perfect use for this would be uh, if I was like having a herf with like five or ten buddies over, and we were all smoking cigars and drinking whiskey, and I would say, just try this next one, and then pour it out of the room and bring it in and give it to them, and they'll smell it and go, wow, that smells surprisingly sweet, and then taste it and be like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the night, everybody would want a bottle. Yeah, I was actually at a herf um, just like, uh, gosh, I think it was like a week ago. And there's a bunch of people there that had the Lengenero for the first time. And a lot of them said like literally the same thing. They're like, whoa, what is this? And then they let it settle in. They're like, this is going really well. And we had a variety of different cigars at the Herf and no one complained about the pairing. Everyone's, you know, I think most people went for a second pouring, but I think it is because it does have that intensity of, of flavor, that intensity of sweetness. It's not really something you could sit like, it's not like a Zyre's a cap or I could, or a Florida Kenya where I could sit down and maybe finish half a bottle. You'd get yeah. a couple pours in and you'd be like, okay, you know, eh, it's time to move on to another rum because um, my palate's getting a little burned out. Yeah, I, I feel like if if you had more than one or two, maybe three glasses of this, your palate would be just so wrecked that it wouldn't be worth drinking anything else. I feel like this is a nice, uh, like if you're if you're going out for a long night kind of herf, like where you're you're herfing from like seven o'clock till one a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, this is nice for the first cigar. And it goes really well with espresso, believe it or not. So if you're um, late at night or Cuban coffee, late at night, legendary on one side, espresso on the other, have a sip of espresso, a little legendary, your palate just just dances. Like it just does funky, funky things to your palate. And it's, uh, you know, it's a fun experience. Yeah. And and I mean, it is kind of, it is almost, it's like on the edge of overly sweet. It's very, very sweet. But... I mean, it just complements the cigar really well. It brings out the richness of the cigar. Speaking of the richness of the cigar, so I'm kind of getting into the halfway point, maybe just into the middle third. Mm-hmm. And it does that great switch up where that the, the cacao and the creaminess of that cigar really starts to come through on the retrohale. The spice yeah. kind of has given up at this point. 
Yeah. It's just, it's so rich. It's so good. I'm so glad that I have a box of this cigar because if I'd smoked two or three of them and then ran out, like if I'd only got a fiver, I would have been so, so sad. Uh, talking about the pairing, um, still going well. I'm kind of powerbombing this beer because it's just going so well. Like I said, uh, I think this is more of a mouthfeel thing than a flavor thing. Uh, it's just doing a great job of having a great, great creamy mouthfeel. Uh, I do find that that hoppiness is kind of nice. It's a little bit of a palate cleanser between draws. It's, it's, I don't think I'd go any hoppier than this. I think if you were to go to an IPA, you'd have a really dissatisfying pairing experience. This is about right. Uh, I could definitely see a Belgian triple or anything with a little bit of fruit with it going really, really well at this Bishop's blend. I think that'd be an interesting flavor combination. Yeah. I think, I think a Belgian triple would go really well with this cigar. Oh, so, oh, so good. So before we get into our last pairing of the night, because I'm power bombing my unibrow, how are we doing for uh, comments, questions, feedbacks, and emoticons on our Facebook Live and or CigarFederation.com where we're broadcast live? Uh, well, of course, we've got a ton of emoticons, as always. Um, Lou Liga is curious. He do, he's he's not a drinker. He wants to know if this cigar would go well with a Shirley Temple. Or I'll, I'll amend that and say, what do you think would go well with it for a, a non-alcoholic pairing? See, I think, I think a Shirley Temple would be interesting because... I actually think so, too. Yeah, and actually, when you were talking Manhattan, I think anything with an, with an orange bitterness uh, quality to it, that orange would be really interesting with a cigar because I oh, do cool. find that, that like any kind of... like um, Anything with an orange sharpness to it that's not overpowering with a bourbon, the orange cuts the bourbon so you don't get the super spice from the bourbon, but the orange would play really interesting with the tobaccos in the cigar, I think. Yeah, that actually uh, brings me to the uh, San Pellegrino, their sodas, mm. that uh, that tangerine soda that they have that has a little paper that you peel off the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that would actually go really, really well with the cigar. Which is a tough pairing. I've tried to do San Pellegrinos with cigars. Uh, I've tried the grapefruit before. Don't pair the grapefruit with a cigar. You're going to have a bad time, in my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, that would be really interesting. Like the blood orange San Pellegrino. Mm-hmm. That could be kind of funky. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Any kind of orangey flavor that has a little bitterness. Not like an orange soda, because that's yeah. just all sweetness. Uh, but any kind of orange flavor that has a little bitterness, I feel like, would go really well with it. Orange Crush? Dr. Pepper? Yeah. That'd be sweet tea? Yeah, D- Dr. Pepper was one of the other ones I was thinking. Absolutely. Mm. So good. All right. And R- Ruben, I tried to say his name last week. I'm not even going to try it this week. Blood Blood? He's- Yes. He says the uh, Blood Orange San Pellegrino is a good pairing. He agrees. Yeah, all right. There we go. So he knows his pairings. Uh, I'm going to hop into my last pairing of the night um, as much as I'm enjoying the second pairing, and I really am. This is one that I've had on the show a little while ago. Uh, I saw it on the shelf at my one of my local liquor stores here and reminded myself. I looked it up on um, Untapped. If you're on Untapped, add me, Cigar Surgeon. And that's a great thing about Untapped. I looked it up and I'm like, I can't remember if I like this or not. And I do. It's the Stranger Than Fiction uh, by Collective Arts Brewing. And it's nice because it's it's a sessionable porter. Um, you know, it's it's really not porter and stout season, but I'm going to drink it anyways. They are based out of Hamilton, Ontario, which is kind of a strange place for a brewery because Hamilton is, is really kind of a, a blue collar town. Uh, Collective Arts was founded by Bob Russell and Matt Johnston in 2013. They're a grassroots beer company that fuses the craft of brewing with the inspired talents of emerging artists and musicians. So they've kind of got interesting designs and logos and whatnot um, 
try to hold that up for the audience. I got some cool artistic stuff on the back, which I dig. Uh, they're dedicated to promoting artists and raising creative consciousness through the sociability of craft beer. That all sounds good to me. It is a porter. It's uh, a very sessionable, especially for sharing our pairings, 5.5% ABV with only 25 IBUs. So I might have these out of order. We'll see. Uh, beer Advocate score of 89. And the flavor and aroma hops on this are Cascade Nugget. Very common. Of course, they've got uh, just a gargantuan amount of malts in this. They've got two-row chocolate, dark chocolate, crystal, biscuit, flaked, wheat, crystal, and carafoam. So malts for days. Uh, it, and it does have, you know, it's it's obviously very, very dark. But it does have that porter uh I don't want to say thinness, but it's not thick and viscous like a stout. It's got a little bit more of that thinness like a, like I would expect of a porter. With a nice creamy head that's kind of settled a little bit because I, I did want to give it a chance to settle in the glass before I had a little taste. What do you got up for your third pairing of the night? Uh, I've, I've got an oldie but a goodie. So this is – I think I had this like a, a month or two ago, Ardbeg 10. Mm. Um, I just kind of wanted to see how Pete would work with this cigar. I'm not – I'm really – I'm very unsure of how it's going to go. Um, I haven't actually cheated on this one, so I've never, <laughs> I've never tasted this cigar and this whiskey at the same time. Uh, Ardbeg, of course, is on the south coast of Isla, uh, and I didn't know that they were owned by uh, a company which their name is very unwieldy: Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. Mm. Um, normally, I would think of them just as as Hennessy or Moet, yeah. yep. um, but I, I didn't. I just didn't realize that the entire name was three different companies mashed together. It's a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, they were founded in 1798 and they didn't start, uh, production commercially until 1815. Uh, currently they've got one wash still one spirit still and pump out a, uh, a fairly meager 1.25 million liters or 330,000 freedom gallons. Uh, I mean, that's not crazy. It's not, it's kind of middle of the road, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I would say that's pretty boutique from the uh, scotch industry because you think of some of the larger distilleries. I mean, some mm -hmm. of the larger distilleries are putting out, you know, 25 or 30 million liters, a couple million gallons of freedom yeah. spirit every year. That's, that's a lot of spirit, but they are on an island. So it's, you know, it's small. Yeah. It's a little place. Um, and of course it's, it's generally known as the, the heavily peated Isla whiskey, as we know, it's not the most heavily peated. Um, and I'm always surprised by the very light straw color for such an intense whiskey. It's so light. It's not even I what mean, I would call golden. It's like, it's like a light hay. It looks like someone's watered your whiskey down. Yeah, exactly. It reminds me of, uh, of like Chardonnay. The color of Chardonnay. Um, like I could see if I was drinking this out of a uh, a, wine a, chef, glass? a wine glass. Yeah, people would think I was drinking white wine when actually I'm just getting loaded on Isla whiskey. Till they smelled the campfire from across the room. Yeah. All right. Well, normally we would pay play a third ad spot from one of our sponsors, but um, our ad spot's a little bit outdated, and uh, we've had a lot of comments yeah. feedback. So uh, I'm just gonna do the ad spot like we used to do. Drew Estate, mmm, they good. We can we can do a little more than that. Download the Drew Estate app. You know, Drew Diplomat, check your man. In. If you, if you're on the Drew Dip, so I wish I was on the Drew Diplomat app. Uh, I can't because we have very strict uh, advertising rules up here in Canada. So unfortunately, the app isn't available in Canada, which makes me very sad. However, if you're a Drew Diplomat member, you have the opportunity to win swag like 
crazy swag, not like ashtrays and hats, although ashtrays and hats are available. I'm talking like floor standing uh, ashtrays, Those mega really ashtrays. ashtrays. Oh, bro. Amazing. And all you need to do is check in at your local B&M, check in your Drew Estate cigars, check in your uh, Debonair cigars, check in your Hoya cigars. They all count towards your points. Plus, it's kind of a cool social media interaction. There's really no excuse. If you smoke Drew Estate, if you smoke Hoya, if you smoke Debonair, you should really have the Drew Diplomat app. And, and a thing it. that a lot of people don't know about it is if you have the app and you go to a Drew Estate event, um, like a you know just a, a sales event where you you buy five cigars you get one free all that stuff. Um, if you have the Drew Estate app and it's a Drew Diplomat uh, event, you just show them that you have the app and they'll give you a free cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I I don't know if it started yet. It might not start till October, um, but I know the latest press release that we sent out was that the free cigar is now an undergrown under crown sun grown flying pig um so even even if you're not buying anything swing by that uh that event and pick up your free undercrown sun grown pig get your weasel on son you are of course tuned into sharing our pennies episode 119 bishop's blend by black label trading company i'm your host john the cigar surgeon we are broadcast on the armed forces radio network of course podcast Podbean around the world if you have a podcast app if you've got an apple phone or you've got an Android phone, you can subscribe a number of different ways. We do have a lot of subscribers out there. Thanks very much for subscribing and listening every week. We've, I was actually checking out this morning. We've got people that are tuning into our IPCBR coverage from 2015. Saw a bunch of downloads this morning from wow. the Netherlands, which is kind of cool. It's interesting to see people tuning in to stuff from a couple of years back. Uh, yeah, that's when our the, audio got tight. There must be a bunch of people doing what I usually do, which is I when I listen to a new podcast, I start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I go back as far as I can, and I listen to every single episode. It's a lot of episodes, man. I mean, Cigar Chat's up to like uh, 257, I think, 256. That's a lot of episodes to go through. Yeah, I hope you got a long commute if you're trying to do that, or you're mm-hmm. never going to catch up. I am uh, still trying to catch up on all my back episodes of Cigar Authority, Cigar Jukebox, uh, Stogie Geeks, and the uh, Primetime Live shows uh and developing palettes i've got just a gargantuan amount of back catalog stuff i'm I'm really caught up to the point where i'm about to uh either at the ipcpr or just after the ipcpr so i'm like three weeks behind on a ton of content but because i have a long commute in to work and and home obviously it gives gives me an opportunity to catch up on some of that content but uh, that's kind of the nice thing it you know listening to podcasts when i drive gets rid of some of that road rage it's kind of fun yeah so Something I've never picked up on this whiskey before, ever. Uh, I, you may have noticed that I was nosing it more than anyone should. I don't know if it's the cigar, but to me, it smells like a peat-fired bag of Twizzlers. Like that. Interesting. That sugary, fake strawberry kind of licorice. Um, it's very strange, but I, I really enjoy that kind of nose note. That's really interesting. No, I don't think I've ever picked up Twizzler from Ardbeg. Certainly I never I get have. a lot of that saltiness. I get uh, brininess. I get coastal. I'll have to go back to my Ardbegs. Now, unfortunately, I did do a, a, a pairing misstep, which happens here on Shire Pairings. It's part of the fun of pairing. And this beer, which uh, I've rated a 4 out of 5 on Untapped because it's delicious. Uh, this beer, shockingly, is just getting absolutely beat up by this cigar. <laughs> it's 100% beat up. This is far too nuanced of a beer 
to be pairing with this Bishop's Blend. I think uh, I did do a misstep. I think possibly going to a stout might have been the right way to go. Maybe a stout would have been too much, but um, I can say that the the flavor nuances of this beer is being 100% run over by the cigar, and I'm quite surprised by that. Um, like, like I said before, I, I w- didn't know what to expect pairing the Ardbeg with the cigar, but I'm actually pleasantly surprised. It The, the kind of... Uh, hard candy kind of sweetness with the iodine and like all of those flavor notes that sound pe- terrible iodine tire uh kind of like that salty briny seawater it brings out a ton of spice in the cigar which i'm really enjoying um you still get kind of that richness those chocolatey earthy flavors but it supercharges the spice I am getting a little bit of earthiness now that you say that um, at the halfway mark of the cigar. And like you said, it's that good kind of earthy. It's not that loamy kind of earthy. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of chewy kind of earthy. Um, but I'm really, really struggling to pick up any flavor nuances from this beer because the, the, the cigar is just, just completely running it over. It's really disappointing to me. It's, yeah, it's, I... just, it's just nothing. Like it just, it's just, there's no flavor from this beer whatsoever. The cigar is... 100% overpowering the beer. And I don't think I've ever had that on the show before. I've had uh, pairings that miss, but I don't think I've had pairings that are such of a miss that I just can't pick up any flavor from this beer. And it makes me very, very sad because this is, a, like like I said, one of my favorite beers. I'm glad I have extra beers because this is a complete pairing misstep by me tonight. Bummer. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is, this is the first episode in a few that I haven't had a bad pairing. Uh, I think all of these pairings are are very good. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, if I had to give them numbers, recap. I would, yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, I've already got the second two. It's the beer that I have to go back to. Um, so I'll go in reverse order. The Ardbeg was a surprisingly good pairing. Um, I mean, just it supercharges the flavors of the cigar, and the cigar brings out some of that. Some of the notes that I don't usually get from Ardbeg, the fruitiness um, and and kind of the sweetness that usually I feel like Ardbeg is really lacking in sweetness. It, it's just kind of all smoke and uh, oceany notes. Um, so I would give that one a 91. The Legendario, I don't think I could find a cigar that would go under like an 88 for that. Yeah. I feel like that it's, it's a weird liqueur that I can't see. Like, I'm not going to sit in front of the TV and drink two glasses of this in a night. Um, I, I won't. I won't find myself ordering it in a bar when I'm out of the country, uh, since of course you can't get it here. But I, I can't think of any cigar that would go badly with that. And I'm going to take a couple of sips while you uh, recap yours. Yeah. So unfortunately, as I said, this is a four out of five beer. I I have multiples of this beer. Possibly the lowest rating I've ever given to a pairing ever. Uh, I feel like this is a 78-79. This is just a complete... Ouch. Yeah, it's a complete miss from pairing, and that's a, that's 100% on me. Um, I literally can't taste anything at all from this beer. Um, all I taste is the cigar. All I taste is the nuance of the cigar. Literally, I drink the beer and I get the wetness from the beer. I get zero flavor from the beer, which is just completely a disappointment for me. So uh, that is what we would call a yard gar on uh, Cigar Federation. So just a complete miss for me. By contrast, Unibrow, 
um, which is a much more full-bodied beer, and that's really where the wheelhouse of where I should have stuck. Uh, Unibrow is really, really good. That's an eighty-nine ninety. I think you got to you got to go with something that's a little bit more full-bodied. Um, like we said, the maybe a Belgian triple would also be an alternative choice here. You want to stay away from IPAs, but you do need a, a beer or a spirit that's a little bit more full-bodied, doesn't get run over. And the Florida Canyon, which probably ranks as the 18, the Centenario 18, kind of ranks around an 86, 87 for me. I do think if I go back and try a Florida Canyon 12, I kind of have this sinking suspicion that the Florida Canyon 12 would probably rank in the 90-91 because it does have... It's a little bit more intense. It's not so subtle and nuanced. It's a little mm-hmm. rougher. That might be the right pairing. Even though the cigar is nuanced, the cigar is just surprisingly full-bodied. 12, I think, is the way to go. Uh, and so for the beer, the beer is surprisingly, because it's it got off to a really good start, it's surprisingly the worst pairing of the night for me. But that's really only because the other two are so good. So the beer, I would give an 88. It's a good pairing, um, but it could be a little better. And I, I think there are definitely cigars out there that'll go better with this uh, coffee brown ale. I, I almost think that what I'm getting tonight, Unibrow Outstanding, I kind of feel like this cigar is maybe a little bit more apt to non-alcoholic beverages like a Dr. Pepper or something a little bit more fruity and intense or a spirit like a, like a bourbon or a really intense scotch, or as you're drinking the Ardbeg, a really peated scotch because it's got that flavor intensity. That might be the way to go. We kind of, I, I personally feel like I really underestimated the intensity of the spirits and, and beverages I needed to pair with. Yeah, I, I think I did too. I'm, I'm glad I like, um, I knew what the Ardbeg tasted like, but the beer and the rum, I, I didn't really know what I was getting into. And surprisingly, the Ardbeg is the one that works the best, which I thought it was going to be a miss. I just wanted to try it. Sometimes the best accidents are the fantastic accidents. Yeah. Trying to push that envelope. So, of course, we do have uh, tomorrow night at a regular scheduled time of 8 p.m. Eastern or 6 p.m. Mountain, the only time zone that matters. We've got uh, James Brown from Black Label Trading Company on the show. You'll definitely want to get your questions in for that. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got the IPCPR. We've got some new stuff happening with Black Label. And I think it's been a little while since we've had James on the show. Like, I want to say it's been, I want to say it's been like five or six months, maybe longer since we've had James on the show. Um, Definitely longer than that. Um, He might have been on like, I don't know, late last year. Sometime between like, in, in like the fourth quarter of last year, maybe. And then, of course, um, there's a very good chance uh, approaching like 70% that I'm going to be on location next week. Uh, so Trippy's going to be flying with a guest co-host. Um, who do we have? Uh, do, well, I guess we don't really have a, a schedule yet for sharing our pairings, which we'll have on our event calendar. We'll get that figured out in the next couple of days. Yep. Who do we have scheduled for a cigar chat for next week? Uh, next week, we've got Phil Zangi from Debonair Cigars. We um, There's... I'm still talking to him about the exact scheduling because he's actually got an event that night mm. that he'll be at. Um, so we may push the time back or forward a little bit, um, but either way, he's going to be on the show. Phil's always a good time. He's such, um, I mean, I hate to say it, but he's such a debonair guy. I mean, that's where the whole debonair ideal comes from. He's so positive. He's so easy to do an interview with, and he's so easy to have on Cigar Chat because you can just chat with him he's just he's just a normal guy who does cigars who does rum and he he just makes for one of the most interesting and fun cigar chats i mean yeah he's he's just a normal guy he's super down to earth but at the same time he's got so much to talk about he he knows so much about tobacco 
and he's the mad scientist of the tobacco world in that he's like half of the weird processes that are out there he's created or had some part in uh, which is crazy sneaks up on you so make sure to tune in tomorrow night get your questions in or James Brown of Black Label Training Company and Black Works uh, we'll be back tomorrow night 8pm Eastern check it out uh, as we say on Shaggy Our Pennies, we do want you to drink better we do want you to drink less